Hey, welcome back to the One Eight Zero podcast. My name is Nick. Uh, your regular fun co-host guy, right? How you doing, Paul? I'm doing good. I am your other regular fun co-host guy. <laughs> I'm doing well. So, uh, welcome back, everyone. Uh, we're here to talk to uh, two uh, very good friends of ours who've decided to make a significant life change recently, uh, living in a I want to say Mercedes Sprinter van. Mm-hmm. Yes. We are first and last. Probably. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that they built from the ground up uh, and have decided to take a journey um, into the unknown. So uh, welcome our two guests. And uh, why don't you guys introduce yourselves and kind of tell us what uh, what has been happening with you guys up to this point. Thanks for having us. Sure. So hi, my name is Jeremy. Uh, I've been, let's see. Uh, I don't know how to say anymore. <laughs> okay, so Jeremy, why don't you tell us about your life as a, maybe a life in scouting, uh, your career and profession, and maybe um, how life has been uh, as a married man with uh, with Sophie. Oh, that's a big question. Yeah, okay, let's start from the beginning, I guess. Uh, so I've, uh, I've been in scouting since I was eight years old. I uh, started as a cub, became a scout, and then into my venture career. Kind of, my venture company went through the same kind of problem we always had back then, which was uh, all the kids decided to move away or they decided to not continue as venture. So um, it really only came down to me and somebody else. So we couldn't really have a venture company anymore. So I ended up uh, transitioning into uh, being a scouter. And I started that when I was around 16 years old. And then I've been doing that until I did that until I was about 21, 22 and then uh, an old friend of mine, Darren, a uh, scouter, Darren, uh, introduced me to the 180th Rover crew. And uh, so I started, I joined them and became a Rover, uh, where it's where I met Sophie, my now wife. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I was uh, part of the Rover crew until I was about, till, till 26, I uh, graduated. And then uh, we were there, I was there for a couple more years, I think. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. So many years, many years. <laughs> we celebrate our, we, we celebrate our thirtieth birthday together. So at least until you're thirty. <laughs> oh no, my thirtieth, yeah. and then you're thirtieth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wait, we're older than thirty. <laughs> Way more. Yes, we are. We're old. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, uh, and then um, we decided to take our own time, and uh, we saw this. Uh, actually, you know what? Before we get onto the van life stuff, maybe I'll let mm-hmm. my wife introduce herself. Oh, we'll, keep, we'll keep it on us. <laughs> yeah, no, it still finds it weird to call Karina my wife. It's super weird. You'll get used to it. Hi, everybody. My name is Sophia. Uh, I'm 34 years old this year, I oh. think. I wish I was younger, but anyways. Um, I was born and raised in Hong Kong, and I came to Canada when I was grade 12. Um, back in Hong Kong, I was a Cub Scout uh, for several years, and I really enjoyed the program. So when I came to Canada... Uh, and got invited to become a scouter. I jumped on that opportunity right away and joined the program. Um, and that's how my scouting journey start uh, started in Canada. Um, and I think in two, a year or two years later, I got invited to the 180th uh, Rover crew. And uh, that's how I joined the crew. Um, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Um, you were, so you were in it for 
long time, right? I mean, 10 years. Yeah, basically since the beginning of the crew until I graduated um, at the age of 26, when you have to graduate. Um, yeah, in my, in my last year, I ran for president with Scott Paul. Against. And <laughs> against, um, and I think I won hit, uh, the election by one vote. So we're equally popular for the position. <laughs> that was quite the uh, that was quite the election. I remember that was quite the high election. point of the election uh, speeches. Yeah. yeah. And then you became a group commissioner for another group. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, so. Uh, my scouting life in Canada has been a beaver leader, uh, a scout trooper, a venture advisor, as well as group commissioner for the 28th Richmond Scout Group, which has been uh, quite a few amazing years of my time. Yeah. yeah so Nick, we're talking to two very experienced uh, scout leaders. Jeremy's also been a group commissioner as well for a group. And area commissioner. And area commissioner. <laughs> All right, we, we, we hopefully want to get uh, we want to get on the front page of the the Woggle, which is the Scouts Canada monthly newsletter <laughs> at some point. <laughs> so they'll be wondering uh, about the hardcore scouting experience of our of our guests. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> moving on. So how will you how will you guys just touch a little bit about your your professional careers, just a little bit, kind of what you do, not necessarily your career journey but kind of right now and uh, and then maybe you can lead into like how into your story of uh, of making this transition in your life uh so right now i work for a company called the great little box company we manufacture packaging products um and i am the continuum improvement manager looking after the quality of products uh food safety aspect of our products and uh continuous improvement projects um, I actually got into the company through my best friend, Claris, who was also in the crew and one of the president in the past. Second? A sec third. A third. I think it's third, third president. I can't remember now. Um, which, um, I don't know how much details I want to get into it, but I think the crew has a big part as to how I was able to get that job and feel confident in um, getting the job and doing what I do today. Um, but maybe we can chat more about that later. Um, so I, I'm just an auto mechanic. I work at a Volkswagen dealership on uh, in Vancouver. Um, I've been there for about 13 years, 14 years. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's what I do. Um, <clears throat> and so like, like you're saying, Paul, we were, we, how we transitioned into like what we do. So currently if it's, it's not a secret, I hope not, but um, like Sophia and I, we live in a van right now. Um, and, uh, I mean, part of it is, uh, um, when the, the lifestyle kind of blew up on social media a couple of years, like maybe five, 10 years, five, six years ago, mm. um, you know, everybody was seeing it and they were like, man, this is pretty sweet. You know, you could, it's more sustainable, hopefully a more sustainable lifestyle. You can live in a smaller, uh, smaller footprint, uh, more minimalistic. Um, and bonus is that, you know, you get to travel as well as live in the same place um so but we never ever actually had any reason to do that you know like there's a lot of dreams that you have and um you're always like man i wish i could do that i wish i would have done that and um so we didn't really have that catalyst yet to make us 
take that first step to jump into it. Um, but uh, what happened was was uh, one of Sophia's coworkers. Um, they they were kind of doing this kind of lifestyle already, but they were doing it in a sailboat. Um, so they, they were living, yeah, they were living mm-hmm. on a sailboat. Um, I can give you a, just a quick story for them is that they were in Greece and they saw a bunch of sailboats in Greece. And they thought, wow, wow, people live like this. They live on their sailboat and they just travel the world. So when they came home, they were so inspired that they, you know, sold all their stuff. They rented out their apartment. They bought a sailboat. They learned how to sail. They didn't know how to sail necessarily. They didn't know all that stuff, all the stuff you think you would, you should know. Um, but they, you know, slowly, step by step learned, um, invested. And um, anyways, so yeah, so they live on, the, so they currently live on their sailboat with plans to sail the world in a couple months um, due to this whole crisis we have right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it ha- what happened? So when we, when I met them, I, we went on their sailboat maybe two years ago now, I guess. Yeah. Almost a month, a year and a half ago. So I went on the sailboat and I heard their story and I, I was so inspired by that, that like. Mm-hmm. Within a week, within we a bought week, a van. Yeah, within a week, we bought <laughs> the van. Within a week? Within like a week. seven days? Yeah. Yeah. Was this, was this the same couple in Salt Springs? Uh, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, but so. Uh, before that, um, so that was in March when we went to his sailboat and mm. then decided to buy a van. Uh, back in January of that year, we went to Japan and he was actually the person suggested that we should try it out first because that's what he did when he went to Japan is to rent out a camper van and travel around Japan. So we did it and we thought, hmm. Think we can do that even though that means parking outside 7-eleven for the night to use their washroom and buy your breakfast and dessert there um but <clears throat> it was doable at least for the seven or ten days that we had the van so that kind of gave us the confidence that is something that we could live with i don't remember the timing necessarily <laughs> but uh yeah so we we definitely had a trial run in japan in a small little k-car van Mm-hmm. Um, so we traveled around Japan in a vehicle, um, and we lived out of it. Um, so we didn't pay for hotel rooms or anything like that. So it was pretty mm-hmm. sweet. We got to hang around mm-hmm. different locations and go different places at night or in the morning. Um, so that's what we did. And then, yeah. So it, anyways, after we went on the sailboat with our friends, we, I guess a week later we bought a van. I, the, the timing has been, it's gone by so fast. I yeah. can't remember, but yeah. yeah. So we bought the van and then, then we started doing the, uh, I guess the design mm-hmm. portion of it and the, the planning, the pre-planning and the planning of like mm-hmm. research, what kind of things we're going to do, what kind of things you want to do with it. Um, I just want to add that I think there was another catalyst that had happened uh, the year before. Uh, we actually went car camping with a couple, uh, another couple um, across the States. Right. And we only went out for like a week, I think. Um, but what we realized is that we miss having our dog with us when we travel. Right. Um, so we thought, you know, wouldn't it be nice to be able to travel around the world with our dog? So that was another reason as well. Right. Can I go first? Can I go first? Can I go first? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, first of all, somehow when you mentioned about a couple in, you know, the sailboat and everything, I just thought of Pirates of Caribbean and Jack Sparrow. But oh, yeah. uh, moving, moving towards that, um, I know I know that, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, thought, I think the van thing starts uh, like like a escape movement. Like, like 
you know, busy city life is not for me, right? Just want to get in my van, get out to nature, have fun, and forget about all those stressful things, right? But but then it, it kind of evolved into that that lifestyle of revolving around sustainability, minimalism, uh, you know, intention living intentionally, stuff like that. And I think it's awesome, right? Um, and so it feels like you guys really have fun during the uh, van life in Japan and everything, right? Would would you say that that right after that that it's kind of like everyone should should try things like you did like try taking our van first and you know um taking small things and leaving it in maybe I don't know two weeks and then go from there right would you say I, that everyone should do that if they're considering van life I think it's a good idea to try it out first. I mean, even throughout the whole construction of the van or conversion of the van, um, we've taken the van out, even though it's only half built. Because when you take it out, try it out, then you know what you need or you know what you want to change or what's missing. Um, so that's kind of the theme throughout the whole process, which is, uh, it's kind of like agile, you know? <laughs> you build something, you try it out, fix it, and then you, you keep building on it. Continuous improvement. Continuous <laughs> improvement, exactly. I mean, even living. Um, so this is our second month. We're almost two months now. There's still little things that we're adjusting, like we're taking things out, we're replacing some parts with something else that's more efficient or more useful. Um, it's just something that you have to keep working towards to make your life easier. So, so you mentioned two months ago. So. How, can you tell us a little bit about like what was your life pre-van life? So what was your living situation and maybe some of the things that uh, you kind of enjoy in this and then what is it currently and and uh, what kind of amenities do you have on, on the van compared to your, your previous situation? So what was your previous pre-van life life? Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a pretty nice place. I've been there a few times. Yeah. Um, we, we, have, we have the luxury of living in a house um, that is 200 square feet with two floor Three bedroom, two two thousand square feet, right? Two hundred square feet. <laughs> in Hong Kong, with a backyard. So um, now we have less than two hundred. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, lots of space, um, entertainment from TV, karaoke machine, dishwashing machine. You know, whatever you you would find in a house. Um, and right now, living in the van, we have a foot pump uh, sink or faucets so you don't you know you don't just turn on and get water you have to press your foot on the pump to get water uh, and only so little comes out <laughs> uh, what else is different we don't have a tv in the van um what else is there um well i mean like so just to go back in the mm. so like yeah we have we were living in a house we were in a pretty nice neighborhood mm. um super chill you have everything you need um garden in the back uh Oh yeah, I miss gardening the most. <laughs> you know, central heating kind of thing, um, all that kind of stuff. But I kind of want to just go back to Nick's original question, which was, was um, you know, should everybody try this? Uh, you know, I think when you asked that question, a part of me thought like, you know, it's um, this lifestyle is very romanticized, I think, mm -hmm. and very much um, glorified on social media, especially, especially yeah. because now it's... Um, it's more of a business now, you know, everybody's making, um, 
YouTube videos on look at my van and, you know, look at my travels and my vlogs and stuff like that to kind of make money and stuff and van conversions. And um, I think, but I think back then, you know, during our travels anyway, we kind of, uh, you know, originally I think people started living out of their vans is because they didn't want to pay rent. Right. And they wanted to save money and travel because they couldn't do that. If you're, if you had rent every month. Um, so I think that's an important thing to, to, to recognize because like, um the, the lifestyle is different and you have mm -hmm. to have a goal to like to know that like oh, I, I i want to save money for xyz or you want to yeah whatever yeah. your reason is that you want to live in a small place it mm -hmm. doesn't have to be a van right it could be a small house whatever yeah um you have to have a reason for that otherwise it kind of gets lost in like why do you live in a van right yeah you um, gotta have a strong purpose yeah because um, there's definitely a downside to living in a van obviously and you gotta you know why okay you, with that why, why would we leave our cushy house if we were if we if we didn't really have a purpose this sounds really weird right <laughs> um, and that, that's definitely one of the things that we had to a lot of the first questions we would get for sure is like but you live in a house why <laughs> um but yeah so like in the van um we have like we have almost everything that you would have in your house except um Much we don't have on-demand water so like we don't have pressurized water we don't have on-demand hot water. Mm -hmm. um, we do not have a flush toilet. We have a toilet. We have not a flush bucket. <laughs> um, so it's just a bucket. And a bottle. And a bottle. <laughs> um, but if you go camping, like if you're, if, especially mm -hmm. for us, uh, like scouts, who, like for us who've been in scouts for so long, yeah. like using a, you know, not having a toilet is not necessarily a, a not a breaker. Big deal. So, I mean, there's ways, there's ways around it. There's um, also limited space as well yeah, for storage. Yeah, lots of limited space for storage. Mm -hmm. um, limited space for um, food, like a uh, cold food storage. So, mm -hmm. like fridge, we have a small freezer fridge. Limited amount of energy mm -hmm. as well. And yeah, limited we, amount of electricity. Yeah, uh, yeah. We have to watch out how many appliances we plug into the plug, otherwise we could burn a fuse. Yeah. Um, and also, our battery only has two hundred amp hours, so. If you don't recharge it somehow, um, then you don't have power. Um, so, so is is there kind of like you guys are mentioning all these things now? Did you kind of know like you guys knew all of this kind of going in because you've done some like pre trips, right? But is there anything that kind of like stood out for you in terms of like, man, I really took that for granted when I had in the house versus now, or was it more, yeah, I kind of knew this already. Like, it didn't, nothing really shocked you guys now that you've you had some training, or was it was there a couple of things that you um, we're kind of like, damn. In a way, we kind of expected, but I still feel like when it comes to electricity and water, we take it for granted. Because <clears throat> um, if we go without plugging in for two days, we run really low on power, <laughs> or how much you know energy it takes to power a laptop, even or to charge a, a cell phone. I think. I think. I think if we were to ask me that from the very beginning, maybe two years ago, I would have been like, yeah, water and electricity. But I think because we were, I, I did most of the research um, <laughs> in terms of like that kind of stuff, like an energy audit and like, um, mm -hmm. but I mean, and like even our experience when we're camping with water, like water is a very finite resource mm -hmm. anyway. Um, so yeah, that's definitely, the water was definitely harder. And then the electricity was like, you know, it was eye-opening for me when I did the research on like, like if I did an energy audit on what kind of things we wanted to run and things that we wanted to use and um, how much we would storage we would need in terms of electricity to like 
make it seem like we didn't have to worry about it. Um, so yeah, I would say um, it, it was kind of gradual because like we were do I did a lot of research during it. So um, yeah, we just we're just more mindful on what what kind of things we use, <clears throat> how we use them, and how long we we can use them. It's also I think it's also in a way scary to think about how much energy we used to use or how much water we used to quote unquote waste, um, which, you know, I think a lot of people take those resources for granted. So, you know, you mentioned sustainability. So was that one of the, the driving forces and, and have you changed other parts of your lifestyle because of it? Like I would imagine waste is another one, right? Like if you're, you know, you can't just make a five course meal and then, you know, have a garbage bag full of stuff you know, that day you got to be pretty conservative with your, your space and your, your waste, I guess. Mm -hmm. I think that's definitely one of the component, but I wouldn't say that we have gone all out in that yet because I need to get used to living in the van first and foremost. Um, but I do see ourselves down the road next with less packaging. Um, yeah, we don't make our own soap just yet. Yeah. <laughs> Things like that. Oh, no. It's okay. It's, it's better now. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry, we're like, stealing internet <laughs> we're, we're taking wi-fi from a building next borrowing to borrowing internet <laughs> remember scout law remember scout promise i don't know use of all resources that, that's, that's true internet. <laughs> uh, internet is a huge thing for me right so i don't know that that will be something it's not a finite resources okay guys um, oh yeah well, i guess i guess uh, the other thing is internet now that we bring yeah. it up internet is yeah, like yeah, okay I good, think good you're, you're home, you're like, you just, you just, you just go on turn on your phone or you turn on your computer and you just start consuming whatever content. And then, but like living mobily, um, especially in Canada, we don't have like un wifi. unlimited data or public Wi-Fi or always access to these kind of things. Mm -hmm. um, so you kind of rely on your phone plans, but like, that's very, that's obviously very finite as well. Yeah. So, so one quick story. Um, uh, <clears throat> so I was working from home which is working from the van one day because I was having a symptom. But uh, it cannot be where we are now because there's employees coming in, so we have to go somewhere. So I ended up going onto Main Street, parked outside a, a coffee shop to use the Wi-Fi so I could actually work. And I was sitting in the passenger seat doing my work, kind of in a, a bit cramped of a position and not being able to move around. Um, but that's kind of, you know, what you got to do when you don't have wi-fi or don't have proper setup to work yeah we think you guys have would have like a really big internet plan or something on your mobile devices or something <laughs> uh, like we have 11 gigabyte per person so i mean it's a decent decent amount i never use it up he does though <laughs> Because I, I got yeah I got a twenty gig plan for like sixty bucks and I don't even use it because I'm in home all the time. Yeah, use uh, most of I it. I would have used it all. Here, I'll give you some of mine. Yeah. We do need <clears> it. Some Take some of my gigs. Yeah, <laughs> I only use Wi-Fi. I, I don't even have data on my plans before. Uh -huh. uh, but I mean, catching up all of those things like you mentioned a few of the challenges, right? Like internet, um, kind of like those home common thing but it's now kind of scarce because of the van life are like are those things being emphasized by the pandemic right now or is there other challenges that add on to it you know um i mean the things that we the, the challenges like internet and water and um electricity um they they're not necessarily uh 
exacerbated by the pandemic. Um, we would have had these things if the pandemic didn't exist. Um, all these challenges would still exist. I think the the one challenge or two, couple challenges that um, that are more uh, prevalent during the pandemic are things like um, showering and mm-hmm. like using the washroom kind of stuff. Because our plan originally was to have like um, gym memberships, so like twenty four hour gym memberships or whatever, right? The kind of thing, so we could go yeah. to different gym or whatever, and you know, shower at their place or. Um, sometimes we go to, um, or at work. My, oh yeah. Or at work. Um, cause both of our workplaces have showers, but yeah. it's kind of like, but mine is closed right closed, now. Right. Like COVID. you don't want to be using them during this time. Yeah. Company policy is closed. Right. So, yeah. um, you don't want to be doing that. Um, so then obviously gyms, they are open now, but at, you know, we, we did, we never gone down that road uh, since the pandemic started. Yeah. <clears throat> so like, we've been lucky that like, um, even going back to my mom my, my mom's place my parents place um because we've been that's where we kind of store a lot of our stuff which is like pretty lucky also for us like we live in a van but we also have a storage space mm-hmm. i think we would have we would have rented a space yeah, yeah. i think like mm-hmm. a you know a storage locker or a u-haul or something yeah yeah mm-hmm. um we would have rented someplace but like you know we had the opportunity to, to use my old room <laughs> um so we helped clean out my, my mom's house and my old room got rid of a bunch of stuff so we store a lot of our dry stuff there and like winter seasonal clothing and stuff like that whenever we want to switch out um so we do are very lucky in terms of like um we don't just have to rely on the van period in mm-hmm. terms of storage or something like that um, but yeah, pandemic wise, it's definitely made it harder to like to just go to go places, to places yeah. right? Because um, I imagine that if, <clears throat> if if it wasn't for COVID, we might be on a mountain or in a forest yeah. right now on the weekend, as opposed yeah. to mm-hmm. station where we are now. Yeah. Oh, I, uh, I think I'm going snowshoeing tomorrow. By the way, um, <laughs> is that? Right? <laughs> well, I'm curious because I I mean I'm seeing people still doing outdoor activities even though there's like like skiing and snowboarding and stuff like that and some hiking. So I'm just curious, why why wouldn't you guys go to those places now? Is it because of the pandemic or just because the like accessibility of the places on the way there? Or Me personally, I think it's the pandemic because like, you know, I know it's a bit of a controversial subject in terms of like in BC anyway, or like with people, it's just, it's a pandemic, you know, you should stay home. The, the order is you should stay home. But then, like, so does that mean we can't go outdoors and stuff? But mm-hmm. then we go outdoors. I'm not going that, you know, you're not necessarily going with anybody outside your household. But then there's tons of other people there that are outside of your household. It's not like you can control that. Yeah, um, you can still go to restaurants, too. and sit Yeah, exactly. Someone so next to a person and eat. Just on, to be on the safe side, I think we just decide not to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and Because yeah. we're both still working and interacting yeah. with other people who <laughs> want to yeah. bring anything I think back. less exposure the better yeah. right like we yeah because I, I still go I have to go into work obviously mm-hmm. I can car over the internet um and Sophia and, needs to work at at her location at the local okay, okay. office so I think that's part of the reason why we don't mm-hmm. um necessarily we, we have a couple times gone to like uh, the trail or something and just very few hiking and stuff. Yeah. but like usually we go when it's like raining heavily and it sucks mm-hmm. <laughs> So and nobody nobody's there, there. <laughs> and it's okay because we can just stay in the parking lot right it's not a good yeah deal. yeah that's that's true yeah for the record i'm staying within metro vancouver i'm not going outside of the city <laughs> um we, we, we were going to go to victoria right before they said don't go out of the city yeah 
Okay. And we had booked an Airbnb and everything, and it was like had to like beg for our money back. Like we literally booked four days, no, a day before Bonnie Henry was like, everyone stay home. No going out this weekend. I think it was like the Thanksgiving weekend or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I think even Christmas right now, right? Like you, last year, I saw people, you know, going celebrate, lights everywhere, parties everywhere, right? This year, I think this, I think using the word sad is, is actually accurate. I find, it, I find it less stressful. Like you're not, you're not stressed yeah. to go meet people. You're not stressed to go hang out with family or people you don't really want to hang out with or your parents, friends, right? <clears throat> Um, I do miss our Christmas dinner, but um, yeah, it's good to have some me time and you know, us time. A lot of us time. time. (laughs) A lot of us time. This is your honeymoon. (laughs) Yeah, I had eight years. Anyways, that's another story for another day. (laughs) Another podcast. (laughs) Um, I guess I guess we can ask this question in terms of getting context of how things are going for you. Like, has this really strengthened or changed your relationship? Or has it kind of been, this is just another project that you guys would be doing anyways. Like, so Korea and I, like, we don't do, like, we, like I do most of the podcast stuff. She still uses her laptop because she's like, I can't figure out this whole, like, setup you have here, Paul, with those cameras and, like, whatever. Uh, it's just a hobby of mine that I, I just started because of the pandemic. Um, but I have, I have Nick here, so it's okay. Uh, and she's doing gardening like crazy. She's doing hydroponics, actually. Um, nice. Uh, because we, too cold outside anyways, but... Um, so how is this? Yeah. So back to my question, going off topic, but how has this affected your your relationship with each other? Van life or or marriage? Va- van life. Well, okay. <laughs> van life. Marriage is another. <laughs> We've been married for like four years now. So. Yeah. 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 Um, four years. Has it, Something like that. Has it changed us? Mm. And it's only been two months. Everyone, you know, it's still early. I think living in a tight space um, definitely, <laughs> you know make us a little <coughs> more anxious not anxious uh, uh what is the word i think we feel cooped up more often than than yeah. we used to yeah yeah uh, uh but i think we're both also very accommodating and we notice that kind of stuff and we try to make it work um like for example i notice that he is not happy with me if i don't put things back to where they belong um or leave the dishes around so i try to do more of that just trying to do my part more <laughs> um but well, the space I, is way smaller now <laughs> than the double sink we used to have at home so. yeah yeah so i do feel like it's it got better this month do you think so i think it's yeah. better um like we're, we're down to, we have a bit of a system now mm-hmm. down in terms of like, you know, cooking and cleaning and eating and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's better now, but also like I, there are times where we do, I think we do feel cooped up, but like, it's been nice to start this journey during the pandemic also, because, um, uh, how do I, how should I say this? Like, there's not much to do, really. Yeah, there's not a lot to do. <laughs> and secondly, like, I, I, our schedules are so different yeah. that, like, I get a lot of, I actually personally get a lot of alone time mm. while she's at work. Um, so, like, I wouldn't say I'm feeling cooped up all the time because, like, we really only spend the weekends together in terms mm-hmm. of, like, for long periods of time. Evenings, obviously, the whole evenings we do, but um, during the day, like, I do get a lot of alone time. We also do a lot of things together now, like washing dishes, cooking, um, just because a lot of things need two people to coordinate, kind of. 
like open even opening the door to bring the dishes in to do one, <laughs> yeah. drying the dishes like everything takes more hands to do so i feel like yeah, i've never do... dried so many dishes in my life <laughs> what are you guys cooking maybe that's another question but what are you guys cooking there that needs like i mean is it more i'm thinking less dishes like one pot meals right would make more sense it would it is a definitely <laughs> lot, it is a lot less not... empirically yeah, like yeah. in total the, the, mm-hmm. the, it's less but you still have to wash dishes mm. Not like there are none yeah i mean even the cutting board the knife um the the bowl that we use to eat are there some van life recipes maybe what's what's your kind of top one or two recipes that you guys have learned to make in the van or like is like van no. specific or no? no 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 we actually don't look those up um no. well one because no, we like for yourselves for yourselves what's your go-to based on what you've learned we, we, we currently actually use the instant pot a lot more mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we use it to cook rice. <laughs> we, we use it to steam on most of our food. Yeah. Because it's faster. Rice. And it's, um, it's just easier. Like, we don't have to pan fry anything or stir fry stuff. If it's too oily, like, how we splash everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's hard to clean slash, like, see where it is and then clean it. But we do. So it's either, like, we either bake stuff or we do um, the instant pot. So you guys have an electric stove or gas stove? We have, a, we have a gas stove. Gas stove. And so it's a burner and it's an oven. A three burner and an oven. Okay, nice. See, that's interesting because all I saw on social media, <laughs> I assume people was gonna eat instant ramen and you know just buy, just buy like 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 takeout stuff, right? And then yeah. eat it. Spend time to eat it instead of cooking because it seems more convenient. I don't know. Yeah, eating out is definitely more convenient, but it's definitely more expensive, right? Mm. So yeah. kind of goes against what you're. Oh, well, yeah, we're trying to do anyway. I know, yeah. like, not necessarily what everybody else's goals are in terms of um, living in a van. I think COVID also forced us to cook more often since March, yeah, compared yeah. to living at, in the house for sure. Yeah, I've saved a lot of lunch money, um, yeah, me too, um, from cooking at home and then cooking dinner, obviously. Mm-hmm. Less sporadic, like, um, hey, we're both tired, it's seven o'clock or six o'clock, let's just go to I don't know, some restaurant, right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Which is now easier because you have a, a vehicle. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's nice sometimes because behind us is the Fraser River. So if it's a good day with the sun going down, we might go there and cook our dinner, maybe mm-hmm. even eat there as well and enjoy the view. Um, and it's only two, three minutes away from where we're stationed. Yeah, so I mean, it's a good idea to get started in the wintertime just to like get this part over of- with because it's all good it's all clear skies after this or a little bit more clear yeah i think it's so nicer. yeah i think yeah. a lot of people were surprised we wanted to do this in november mm-hmm. um but actually i think it was a good idea actually yeah because we actually got <coughs> to use the summertime to travel and try out the van as we yeah. finish it off um otherwise we would be i don't know like we would be i think if we were doing that we would be it wouldn't just, I don't know, it wouldn't be as comfortable maybe. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, we didn't have to worry about all this stuff while we were, like, having fun in the summertime and camping and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Cool. So what are some uh, what are some other locations that you guys like to take the van for the night? And I guess do you guys need a charging? Like, you can charge at a work or charge the... Yeah, we charge battery? at where we're stationed right now. Um, that's where we charge. Um, well, obviously, we have solar panels on top, but you know, that's winter not, time you don't get winter much. Time is very, it's not very reliable in, in this part of the hemisphere anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, in this city, there isn't a whole lot of places you can park overnight. Um, we would have to go up to the mountain or uh, go to a park, yeah. like a provincial park. Yeah. Um, I think Vancouver area is it's pretty. It's making it really challenging for the solar panels compared yeah. to like tropical regions stuff like that. For sure. I know. I know my landlord likes to take his van or. In case no everyone don't know, my landlord actually lives in the van, so I can live in his unit. <laughs> uh, he he usually likes to take it to Squamish, I think. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, a very yeah. popular place. We've been to Squamish to, several times. To park out, but the the city of Squamish is cracking down on that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. They don't really want people living in on the street necessarily, um, but that's another issue. Like that's just a. Different social issue. <laughs> Have you guys met any people on this journey, like so far, like other people doing the same thing, or just? Oh um, yeah, definitely. met a couple of people. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Fat Freddy. <laughs> yeah, shout them out. That's another. Uh, they're they're Instagram blowing up a little account. bit on, on Instagram. So okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's yeah. Fat Freddy with two Y's. <laughs> F R E D D Y. Yeah, I think whenever we see other van life, or when people see our van, we would normally check get out yeah uh check each other out uh, and then if they have an instagram account we'll follow each other <laughs> we'll oh, learn. Do, you, do you guys have one for the van like just specifically for the van i know you guys have one for the dog which i don't think i follow we do we're just not very <laughs> we're not, good at we're not very active it. at it <laughs> it's uh, called so mobile it's so mobile underscore life oh yeah uh is it l-y-p-h-e l-i-f-e <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what, cool. What am I feeling like? It's like I'm not up to the trend. No, this is old trend. You don't want to be up to this. This is this is, this is old trends. Okay, so mobile life. Okay, cool, cool. Um, Nick, do you have any questions about? I I actually just you know just, just want to stay back and listen more, right? But I guess I have to speak up. Uh, be something to share. We well, actually had um, two leaks since we moved into the van. <laughs> so that was a couple of challenges that we had to solve. Um, that was because the caulking that we have selected was the wrong kind. Okay. Um, yeah, and then we just see, started seeing drip coming off of the roof. Then we were like, no. no. But luckily, we were able to fix it. And we have a friend who were able to you know, help I can, us out. I, I can sense Darren just shaking his head and coming <laughs> over with a caulking gun with two babies in tow. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so you guys cut like cut into the roof? Or, oh, you guys need to cut in the roof of the, the fence, right? Yeah, the, the whole conversion was quite a project, actually. And mm -hmm. I get to use a lot of tools that I've never used before. So, for example, the two vent uh, that we have on the roof, um, I was actually up there cutting the square out using a jigsaw, uh, which mm -hmm. I've done before. That was kind of cool. The two windows that we have on the side, we also had to cut a hole out of the metal box which was kind of scary because uh, after I cut out one of them uh, and we tried to dry fit the window, I saw a big gap in the corner. Mm. Wow. In retrospect, it's, it, <clears throat> it was scary at the time, but in retrospect, it wasn't. Okay. Yeah. I was okay. really scared. Yeah, at the time, <laughs> when we were doing it, it was very scary. But now that I think yeah. about it afterwards, now that we've done it, it, was, it wasn't that bad. Dude, Karina with power tools, I would be shaking my boots. <laughs> Especially with something like this, like 
once you cut it, like there's no going back. Yeah. You can't like, fix what it. What can you do if you cut you the whole tube bag? There's <laughs> nothing. You can weld a piece of metal on it, no? Yeah, you can weld that work, but like a Volk, Volkswagen door panel on on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, is there has there been any kind of security? I guess something I'd be curious about, like. Because you think of like Manslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Like security mm. before like food or even, or even anything else. So has there been any kind of concerns or do you guys have any like cameras or alarm systems or something set up in the van? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. I think that's still something that makes me nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if I'm just parked on the street or even uh, in a parking lot, I'm always scared that somebody's going to break in because a lot of our valuables are in here and we don't have we don't have very Much many values a... anyway. That's, that's one of the reasons, that's one of the things that we, we have done consciously to kind of like manage that risk is to not have anything valuable in here other than the entire van itself. Yeah. Um, but we don't have that many valuables in here. Um, I would be so devastated if somebody broke in. Like ransacked your van, yeah. I would be. Because we know somebody who did mm. get broken into. The guy who just got the van and with all the bags. right, uh, yes, I forgot what's his name. Is. Another another guy that I used uh, another van lifer that um, we kind of follow. I've never actually met him, um, <laughs> but yeah, he was he was doing a build. His, he's doing his build, and then it got broken into, and he got a bunch of stuff stolen. Mm. Um, but I think in terms of like all of our valuables here, in terms of the van, it's like, something that we could lose. It's yeah, it's just like way. it's just like a camera or something, or like a cell, like our lap stuff like that but like anything else in terms of like the um electronics for the van itself and stuff like that like if that was all stolen like they would have to take the van apart to, to, to get it so yeah. it's like okay <laughs> if you're gonna take it you have to take it yeah um, but otherwise like in terms of like um cameras or like extra locks and stuff like yes and no like i've researched a lot of that stuff and like how we could at least add some deterrence because i think overall at least I'm of the mindset that like if somebody wants to come in and take something, they're just going to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not much you can do about that. Um, you can only try to manage, make it harder, uh, to make it do. harder for them to do it. Right. So that yeah. when they're of it, they can like the, the risk reward is not worth it. Right. Yeah. Um, like a casual van robber. If you can deter them, that's probably yeah, most exactly. of the people. Kind of like, you know, be mindful of where you're leaving the vehicle and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. And we try um, to be stealth by having these, window cover where it's black um, yeah. on the outside so you can't really look in and also we have a curtain up front we're, to block off we're yeah. considering getting somebody Official. to just put a shell like uh, a company uh, name, a on the company outside. name on the outside you know like somebody's restoration or podcast code. <laughs> Damn, podcast yeah. code. 180, <laughs> 180 restoration something. yeah 180 restorations yeah. Uh, or like some <laughs> <old> plumbing <laughs> Oh. And I have a safety vest in the in the front. Uh, I think that I think you guys should do that. There's a like there's those magnetic ones that you can get those big like or the vinyl ones you can just stick on and just put it on there. Um, we uh, we're still we're I'm still waiting to get some door locks anyway from the outside. So mm-hmm. like so we can just lock the doors together. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, because um, there are some pretty serious things that people do have done to like yeah. from alarm systems to like yeah. cameras and stuff. But I don't think we're we don't need to. I don't think we need to, we don't think we live in an area necessarily that we need to do that also yeah if it was me i would want at least a camera like outside or some sort of like 360 like because mm-hmm. that's the thing i've noticed like i've i slept in a car once once or twice um and we're not going to ask why yeah that's the first time i hear about this once or twice and one of the things that i'd be, be worried about is just like 
if you wanted to cover things up, just the unknown of the outside, right? Even if it's like a pedestrian, like you don't know it's a pedestrian. It could be someone sneaking up in the van, right? You don't know if it's just someone taking a walk or a group of people or whatever. So just the unknown is already like, I would be fearful of just not knowing what's outside. Um, yeah. I, I think we've watched a video or two where Van Liver said, you know, this is your home. And if you get into a car accident or, you know, you're mm. van and that's it. And you kind of have to be prepared for that, or at least uh, realize that this is one of the possible scenario as a van lifer. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. Maybe you can switch from gears, switch gears a little bit. Now that we kind of know like what the situation is, um, I guess going going backwards, and this is what I'm saying, going backwards and forwards, going back to the purpose, like the why. Why is the sky blue or white today? <laughs> guy's white, by the way, outside. Classic. Science. <laughs> so I read, yeah, I read a couple of um, reasons why people do this, but maybe um, going back to what Nick was saying about like, would you recommend this? And like, why would someone do this? Like, what were your driving like motivations? Were those a priority? Was it just the excitement? Was it just saving money? Because um, I, I mean, you guys are, you guys have the Instagram I can see like some people wanting to kind of record it and kind of use it as a media or, or something, right? Like, it'd be great. You guys could have your own show and dabble in that. Like, that's kind of what Mustafa told us in the previous episode was his passion. Like he, he likes social media. He liked creating stuff. Why not do it for yourself? So I guess what, what was the, is there something you guys can pin it on? I know there's a lot of catalysts, but just, is it mainly like we're in our thirties <laughs> and uh or was it was it something more material uh, in your opinion i think it's a pursuit of happiness making your dream come true um <laughs> i mean like all the other reasons make <coughs> gives you a happier life right like reducing your debt uh travel around the world all these things make you happy and i think just taking the steps to make it happen is part of the journey to that happiness at least that's my perspective um, on top of, you know, trying to live a more minimalistic life, a more sustainable life, and, and so on and so forth. That's me. <laughs> uh, we never talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the piggyback off of it, I think hers is more, um, that answer The fluffy is good. answer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I, my initial reaction was so that we could travel more and do more things that we want to do it, it, versus like, you know, the, uh, what do you call it? The suburban expectation life, which is, you know, get a house, get a mortgage, or sorry, get a good education, get a good job, get a house, get married, have kids, that kind of thing. Not that those things are bad um, and that we didn't rule. And it's not like we didn't plan any of those things also. We definitely talked about all those things um, previously and like how we would achieve those things and if we wanted to achieve those things. Um, But I think like, um, we didn't want to be, you know, uh, stuck to like, let's work until we're 60, 60, 65, and then start traveling mm-hmm. and start enjoying the world. Right. Like, why don't, why can't we do that now? And especially now that in this day and age with, you know, internet and that kind of stuff, um, and just how much knowledge you can get, um, so easily. It's like, we, you have to do it now. You might as well do it now because, you know, you can, so you should um so i think that's why we did this and it's like and try to get out of um debt get out of our jobs because ideally we want to quit our jobs in a couple years so that we can you know travel for an extended period of time um 
and and not have to rely necessarily on we have to have a job or you know we have to have you know xyz but you know having an income is important because you know we do have to live right so you do have to be able to uh, find ways around it right either either you have an income or you saved or whatever it is i feel like talking to a lot of people in this age like i got i got a somewhat similar i guess i guess what i sense is like kind of like just doing stuff with more purpose than before almost Mm -hmm. like okay this is a much more simple example for me is i got a desk here and we didn't have a desk in the living room i live in a 500 square foot place so only a little bit smaller bigger than your place right now but we we recently decided to get rid of our dining table Mm. because we're like like it's mostly you and me so we need more flexibility in the stuff that we use all the time so our coffee table actually becomes a dining table it moves up and down and it opens up and then this desk is a standing desk so it's kind of like that's what we're using like we're not having six people over dinner or five people over dinner. like why have a dining table be an office desk and just get rid of it um and we had we had like a, a little coffee bar thing that had like books and like old hard drives like you know there's just stuff in your house that you're like it stuff has always been there mm-hmm. and but we're like we live in a small place and what do we really do and we make coffee we make drinks we um you know make bread so now it's it holds all my flour and sugar and it holds drinks and all the books just go out the window because i don't read that many books (laughs) (laughs) um even though i like to show books on this side too sometimes but i guess i guess it's more like living with purpose and that's as you get older i mean some of you joke that you wish you were younger but i think it's kind of nice being in our 30s and taking the things we've learned in our 20s and yeah. You have the financial means. You have the experience to make maybe more daring decisions without fear of the repercussions of society or of financially or whatever, because we know we can we can do anything, right? John always told us we can do anything. Yes, you can. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Nick, do you have any comment? Like how how do you find any inspiration for what they're doing or what's your perspective? Do you think it's just so, a bunch of crazy old people that wish they did things in their twenties or <laughs> So, like, first of all, like, this bunch of things going on around my head right now, right? Like, I don't know how to organize them. Because number, the first thing is that um, coming on, you know, Sophie and Jeremy's uh, talking about traveling a lot. Like, why would you wait until, like, 65 and, you know, not travel now and everything, right? I think that uh, even if you can doing that at a later time, the experience you have would not be the same when if you were, you know, traveling at my age or, you know, someone 25, 26, because um, your energy is kind of different, right? And the things you enjoy is different as well. And I think, I guess, most of all, the things that are available right now, maybe not, it's not going to be available, you know, 20 years in the future, stuff like that. Um, second thing is that, wow, I learned, and like each time we have a podcast, Paul, I learned a little bit more about you right? that I didn't know exist. Paul is a very thick book you have to read <laughs> I think I think I'm just on the first page or second page or something <laughs> uh, anyway I guess I mean coming on you know your comment about what do, what do I think about you guys coming I think that first of all I'm glad that I'm being here and being able to hear all of this right there are some mistakes that I don't have to make in the future, right? Because I get to listen to this. And also, like, uh, the things you talk about living intentionally, right? I live in a a house with 
three different people now. It's gonna be six. Used to be seven, right? It's 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 gonna be a really crowded place. Um, like some of us, uh, like squeezing two people in the same bedrooms, right? We share the same kitchen. We share the same bathroom, right? Um, we have the same living room and dining location and everything. So even even if I were to be if I want to be more intentional of the things I bring into the house, uh, sometimes it's it's to also express and communicate with other people who's living with you as well, right? I think it's it's a hard thing to do, but it's definitely gonna be rewarding, right? Because sometimes you you live in the house and you just bring in whatever you think is fun, thing it's interesting, thing it's good for your place, and then you know right now at Christmas. Uh, Christmas coming and everything. I looked at my house after the final exam and was like, "Why are all these stuffs here? Why are so many boxes in the living room?" Right. Uh, I actually really just recycle a bunch of stuff and sell a lot of stuff. There are more space now, which is fantastic. But before, literally boxes everywhere in the living room. Like you would think that this is a house that somebody just moved in or somebody's gonna move out soon, right? But uh. Yeah, but it's funny, like how talking about all this, you know, like how I can relate all this to my current life, even though I do not have a van right now or I don't live in an apartment right now. But it's, I think it's something that everyone can relate to about this, you know, being intentional and what things you decided to bring to your life and specifically into your house. Speaking of um, getting rid of things, um, I found the process of getting rid of things uh, very therapeutic. There were things that um, that were from my primary school time, like a certificate of um, I don't know a performance that I did, or a report card from my middle school that I've been holding on to for a long time because I felt like I had to keep it to prove who I am. But this recent purge, I was able to let go because what I have now is makes who I am, not the past. And just that dumping of the documents was super relieving for some odd reasons, super therapeutic. Um, <laughs> so I, I think you know that book uh, by this Japanese lady, the the Joy. Mary Kondo. Yeah, Mary Kondo is. <clears throat> there's really, it, it's a really thoughtful book. I think um, that everybody should read. Yeah, I was going to ask you if that piece of paper brought you joy, and um... no. Because nope. the grades weren't nope. good. <laughs> Hor horrible childhood, and I don't want to. I, I think my mom kept all of my certificate grades and everything, paper in like boxes and, and stuff. I think it's a tradition in a lot of families. I think. Yeah, but going through the exercise and examining what's really useful to your life, what really brings you joy, is it, a good exercise to go through, even if you're not moving into a van. Um. Here's a question. So we kind of talked about this a little bit, but I think it's, I think the world is different too. I think, I think, you know, to say that we would have done this in our twenties, like if you guys remember our twenties, right? Like we definitely a different mindset, right? But even society was different. How has the social impact of this lifestyle uh, affected you guys? So things like, you know, what do your friends think? What does your family think? Right? Like has that, or even people like you kind of know, but like even people you might, might be on the street, like, Hey, I live in a van or whatever. How how has that experience been for you guys? I think from our 
from our family, it's been confusion or the people who don't understand it, I guess, mainly in the traditional Asian community where they're kind of confused as to why you would do this. Well, even my boss asked me, why are you doing this? You have a house. Um, (laughs) Well, I guess like most, uh, but then, you know, because it's, I think it's helped because of like it's how much it's blown up necessarily like this lifestyle is blown up uh in terms of social media that like a lot of people do get it but like also it's it's different because i think the the reason we do it is not necessarily the way the reason why like i said before like the reason why it's so romanticized on social media it's not necessarily um it's not all you know bikini photos in front of a sunset right kind of thing um it's it's not that um but I think like our friends, after they, after we kind of get to talk about why we do it, it makes more sense. Um, the initial reaction is, you know, confusion and they just want to know why. But I don't think that um, ever affected how we feel towards it or our, our decision no. at all. Because no. as soon as we have tried it in Japan and visited our, our my coworker um, in his boats, I think we were so determined yeah. to just do it. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we've wavered a bit since then, uh, despite what every <laughs> what everybody yeah. else thought. <laughs> I think, yeah. Otherwise, it's been like most people are pretty. Um, it's either I guess two camps. One, it's one, it's confusion, um, and then they understand afterwards. But then the second camp is like, oh, that's great, like that's yeah. awesome. I w- I wish I was doing it. Yeah, I think we got more of that yeah. type of comments, and we have yeah. quite a few friends who helped out with our band as well. So a lot of supportive voices. I mean, the family letting us keep our furniture and stuff in their place is a sign of support as well, right? Yeah. So, are, Sophie, your parents aren't your parents aren't in Vancouver, right? They're still in in Asia right now. Sophie, your parents. My, my parents are in Malaysia. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my so, parents are local. Okay. Do you guys think you could have done this alone, though? No. Not me. Not me. Mm-hmm. I think wait what do you mean by alone like uh, like alone or you mean without family support um uh, I guess I guess either either way if your parents were really like against it or if you guys were doing because a lot of the single like a lot of the van life I've seen in terms of building one has been single because like people are like you know, smaller like they can do it in a minivan and they have all these little nooks and crannies but a lot of them are single people who are recording their life but you guys are doing it together like so my question yeah so let's talk with your family that. or if you were um, so if we're to do it alone, yeah, like yeah, either on his own or I do it, I don't think I could have done it. I don't know about you. I would have, <laughs> sure, because I think there's a lot of um, car mechanic, electricity, like things that the I practical have. nature more so than social media. Yeah. Um, my interest is more so the truck. I might I might do it in my own, but more of a weekend camper van, not living in a camping van or buying a camper van that's already been or built. Yeah. Spent, yeah. Exactly. But other than that, would you do it? If you had a build camper van, a solo single lady? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. I've always enjoyed camping and mm-hmm. being outdoor. Because I, I mean, I'm thinking about my 20s and I feel like I feel like it is affected a lot by society's acceptance of certain things. So acceptance of a van life, maybe not the same today as it was yesterday but even today you know like our parents would probably have some eyebrows raised but i would feel like okay if there was someone with me yeah. i could face the world mm-hmm. society and the practical security together whereas like you're alone you can't even have someone like watch over like the van if you're out you know just throwing the garbage or something or right? you need that other person so i just wonder how much of that is is 
the partnership that you guys have that you're able to face these things? Like, cause you guys said like, you know, no worries, we'll, we'll do it anyways. Think, how different think, would it be if you were doing it by yourself, right? I think to me, that's a huge part of it is to be able to do it with Jeremy together. I would say that makes up 90% of making it happen. If I was on my own, it might have stayed as a dream forever and not executing. Cause what Jeremy is good at is making things happen. Like if there's something we got to do, let's just do it. Let's just buy the van in a week. On the other hand, I'm more conservative. Like, are we sure about this? <laughs> but yeah. Okay. yeah. I feel like every, every single episode, I always get relationship advice. <laughs> <laughs> and, and actually, we complement each other really well in constructing the van because... Um, you know, he's more of the technical person. It's very nice of you to say. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, he's more of a technical person and I'm more of a planner. So when it comes to measurement, building carpentry, that's my forte and I love doing it. <laughs> or even picking out what wood we're buying and so on and so forth. Uh, but when it comes to wiring, purchasing batteries, like that's his forte. So we kind of split up the work from that point of view. Yeah. I've been watching some um, like those DIY home renos and there's always like a husband and wife team. Yeah. The wife does all, I mean, not to say that it has to be the wife. It could be the husband yeah. does the, does the kind of the decor and like kind of the, the, the design and the husband's in there telling you like, you know, put the varnish on and wait three hours. And, you yeah. know, so, you know, it's good, good, good tandem there. How's Baker doing your dog, by the way? Doing well. Having a nap. Oh, she's like hidden up here, but she's right here. <laughs> so has has pet ownership uh i guess has it been good for her because i guess she's with you guys all the time there's no like well being locked up in the van i guess during work hours might not be so yeah, good socialization as she used to we usually have a dog walker to pick her up from our house in the past at least two to three times sometimes up to four times but now when jeremy has work i would drive the van to work with baker and then during lunchtime, I will take her out for a 30 minutes walk um, and then another walk after work. So, yeah, she doesn't get to interact with other dogs as often. But on the weekend, I try to take her to McDonald Beach for a dog walk. So, so pet ownership has been kind of the same as, as before or better, I guess. I mean, now you're interacting oh. with her more, right? I don't know. She seems fine. <laughs> Where do you guys okay, get the dog sorry. food? Uh, our internet got cut. Oh, it's okay. Where do you guys get the dog oh, food? It's un- you just make her rice, kanji? No. <laughs> no. no. She sometimes eats dry food, but sometimes she eats raw food, so we just keep it in our freezer. Yeah. I would just say rice and kanji. Um, I think I was in a Chinese. I had that last night. I think, like, I think, um, was it Vivian's dog that ate that? We fed her before when she wasn't feeling so well when we first when she first arrived to Canada. Uh, it helps to soothe their digestive Apparently, system. it's a very simple carb, and you feed it with a little bit of chicken, so it's like very bland, easy food to digest. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I believe it, but I haven't. I've never. We, we don't feed her rice anymore. Yeah. yeah. So I guess we touch on you know kind of like the why, the how, the past. Right, and then we talk about the present, in terms of you know maybe security measures, right? Um, how your life, living circumstances in the pandemic and everything. So, uh, I guess the last thing is, what's your plans moving forward? I don't know, six months, um, until the end of summer, 
Um, I don't know. Are you guys gonna? If up until now, you you thinking that you're gonna keep the van moving forward, right? Um, what if the pandemic ends? What if it still exists like that? Like, is there any you know short term plan or long term plan? I think we have to live in it for at least another year. Actually, at least two years to have enough money to cover the cost. And live locally, she means. Live locally uh, um, to cover the cost and, and still also work our jobs. And also to travel. Um, our our sailboat friends are going down to Mexico next year until 2022. So our plan is to meet them there, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how COVID plays it's like out. September 2022. Yeah, is is the plan when we leave here? But I think when uh, spring comes, when summer comes, we'll definitely go out more often. Enjoy the outdoors. Even weekend trips is nice. Yeah. Yeah. We actually went to um, New Denver. Uh, that was back in the summer, right? It's in the Kootenays. In the Kootenays. It was so nice traveling in that area where there's not a lot of people. We had a lake all to ourselves. Um, we did stand up paddling. We shower by the lake. <laughs> So, so you mentioned something interesting about how you financially looked at this, and we didn't even talk about the financial aspect and how. So, so is curious because you're saving money anyway. So, is is the payoff like when you're talking about like paying it off? Is it the van construction because you're saving money, in, mm-hmm. or is it is, is that how much the investment actually costs to? to well, I mean, we did save a bunch of money before going into it, but you know, we would like to quote unquote recoup the cost. We had the like cost benefit analysis, right? We had saved an amount of money for something which was not this it was for something else <laughs> yeah yeah and then we decided let's use yeah, that ps5 i know <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was to pay off something else but we ended up not paying that thing off and using it to make to, to build this build okay yeah, yeah so we have to recoup that nest egg first mm-hmm. uh, and then and then and then basically we're at zero i guess basically we have to save enough money to cover the cost of the van and then mm-hmm. save money to you know not work and travel which oh. I estimate will be at least two years. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good to have a plan. Depending on how long we want to travel to, yeah. I guess. And depending on if we can get mobile work. Yeah. Yeah. That could be, that's another factor too. A virtual mechanic. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Could be. You could be a mobile mechanic. There's definitely, that's definitely a thing. Other van lifers. Just tell us where you are and we'll come change your tire. <laughs> There's, there are a couple of people who do that. Yeah. yeah. But they, they're, um, he's more of a mobile van life conversion guy. So he'll come and come to your house and, and build your van for you. Oh, yeah. Because I, I think your tools would have to be in like in a trailer or something like Yeah. Just like. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know if I would do that. <laughs> Air compressor, jack stands. Like yeah. that's already like quite a bit of space. Yeah. Um, have you guys looked at any of the jobs? What are some mobile jobs you guys have, have you looked at? Consulting? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, they're all internet-based, um, uh, obviously. I haven't had much luck finding uh, something mobile that's suitable for me or something mm-hmm. that I want to do. But yeah. you potentially have something. I have potentially something, but I don't know yet. More like transaction I, I, processing. Yeah, right? it's, just, it's, just, it's data entry. It's data entry. Mm, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I, mean I, I, I don't think you need to know specifically who it is. I think <laughs> that's the part that I, uh, I still need to figure out in 2021. Um, and if this, if there's a good solution to working remotely, then I would feel a lot more confident about quitting my existing job and traveling. Yeah, it's a shame because I am working from home a lot, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just like, you know, I had to buy a nice chair just so I feel like I can sit in the same place for seven hours or eight hours. But I, I think Karina also has to work in, in the office as well. So it's kind of like a shame, right? Like, you know, you, we could be, you know, I know you're not supposed to leave the house and you're supposed to leave the city, but like Canadians are going to Hawaii, for example, right? And if we get access VPN in Hawaii, you know, it's it's better than here in December, let's just say. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of, uh, it's one of those things where like, you know, what's out there that you can work remotely that it's secure to like because if you work for government you can work a little bit remotely but or banks right like it's regulated so you need to have mm-hmm. access like if you want to go to states once they open up it's a big hassle to get certain internet access there too um but uh no i'm sure there's i'm sure there's jobs out there that are more going to be more work at home going forward than they are now so yeah, but- yeah. How about recording? Are you guys like recording this journey? Like what's the, you guys need some consultants on that maybe? (laughs) No, uh, we thought about it. We definitely tried it in the very beginning when we started to build. But like, I think just the extra work it is to record it and then also like edit, edit, turn it. Um, I guess we could have just taken raw videos and just like left it at that. No, actually we don't even have enough storage space. Yeah, we couldn't even do that because I think it was, much work to like set it up and yeah. and, and like um otherwise it would just be like a camera off somewhere and it would just be there the entire time like you wouldn't and you wouldn't see anything because it'd be yeah. moving around and you know i'm not I'm, we're not going to spend time to stop the work mm-hmm. the camera reset it up yeah do the work stop do it again yeah. like we were I like think, no we're just going to work now like, i this think is too, i think this to is me fun. it's enjoy to our process <laughs> so we decided to cut it out yeah so like i think we just didn't want to we we thought that the um it didn't really add anything to to document it like that um or at least make it into a a documented so that we could turn it into some Mm -hmm. kind of content um because obviously we always we we thought about it we're like what if we had this channel and Mm -hmm. you know we can millions of dollars off of it but it's not as easy as what it's definitely not as easy as it looks and um it's we were definitely not willing to put in that much work to do it i mean not to say that we won't do it in the future but at least um at this point you know we're not doing it (laughs) yeah it's not part of our scope to like make content for it yeah yeah no we we definitely nick definitely understand i mean you know the editing for just a podcast and like the cover art and the name and like Mm -hmm. you know we're already like I do, like if you're just doing audios, that's already hard enough. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause then the more focus is on the audio too, because yeah. not everyone has a mic. And so, you know, you can't capture the facial expressions of people too. Yeah. So, um, no, it, I, it's really hard. Yeah. I would just a little comment on that. I mean, when I first kind of go into that video editing part for the crew in, I think it was Night Hike or Family Expo or something, like Henry, Henry Chow, uh, you know, my, video editor consultant at that time make me re-edit the video nine to ten times before he actually posted it it was like a two minute video mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean uh, it's like any performance right it takes yeah. use for a good one minute performance yeah i mean i appreciate that um but now that we you know tackle all everything i guess we need to address you know the golden question right what will be your advice right to your 20 year old self on someone like me who is in their early 20s about experience about youth development about like what's advice that you want to give them 
that they should take that they should know um, going forward in the future? I would say networking and surround yourself with smart, progressive people, people who care about their personal development. People like Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the right path then. Wait for the P- PLP. PLP. PLP comment there. Because I, um, I think when you're surrounding yourself with like-minded people who want to be better, it makes you better. It makes you, it motivates you. Um, it's a healthy, healthy competition in mm-hmm. a way. Um, and also in the future, you know, you don't meet as many people who you can hang out with all the time. So they're kind of your cohort to rely on. Like they're the people who you can call and help you out when needed. Um, and it's hard to come by when you're in your 30s or 40s, I think. <laughs> Harder to come by. I wouldn't say it's impossible. Jeremy, do you have a different answer? Um, a little bit, I guess. Um, yeah, I think like if my advice for a younger person now is to um, just jump in and try to learn as much as you can. Um, that's that doesn't necessarily only apply for younger twenties. Um, obviously, still apply for now. Like even in your mid thirties or early thirties, like it's still, I would say. Um, but it's just easier in your twenties. But definitely, mm. like if you see something that you might be interested in, I think you should jump into it. It doesn't matter. It's if you're kind of interested and maybe um, if you're, if you don't know if you're interested, if, um, because like, I think the best thing is to know for sure that you're mm-hmm. not interested in it. Um, Cause otherwise you might as well try something and then you'll for sure you'll learn something out of it. Um, so I think uh, yeah. that's definitely something I, I guess I wish I did more mm-hmm. um, in my earlier twenties. Yeah. And, and just to add to that, in my first year of university, I still didn't know what I wanted to study or what I wanted to do. I mean, now I'm still doubtful <laughs> what I actually want to do in life. But um, in my first year, all I did was to take many different type of classes as possible. And I thought I liked arts. But after the first class, I realized that it's not for me. So I actually dropped that class and then ruled that out. So kind of to Jeremy's point, just if when you don't know, just try as many things as possible. Like get into action. Yeah, I, I've been telling the rovers about strategy. So we've been trying to revamp like strategic planning and stuff. And uh, one of the things that came up a lot was just strategy is knowing what not to do. Because like, it's always easy to say, you know, you're going to do this, 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 like we're going to do this. But it's very hard to say, you know what, we're not going to do this and be okay with it. Because it, it seems like when you're in 20s, you have all this hope. You want to do everything. But then you get older, like you can only do so many things and they can be great things, but you can't do everything. Um, so knowing what not to do actually helps you do more, um, not do less by doing stuff that you don't, you know, trying to do. So that's great. That's great advice. Nick, does, does, does that help you with your, your yeah. dating life? <laughs> I think in a way doing this podcast is one of those things where you had jump into action, right? Yeah. So congratulations to you yeah. for doing something that's different than before. Definitely. This is like, you know, first time experience, everything. I think this is like a bonus for having two people in a podcast at the same time. I guess two advices. <laughs> I think on your episode, you're going to look back and be like, man, I can't believe my second or third episode used to sound like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hope so. We might say that in episode five. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's a good sign. Eh? You know, like, All right. Um, you know, anything else, Garopo, that you want to add on? Uh, no, no, it's been great 
connecting with you guys and getting a chance to have a bit more of a thorough conversation. We we did see each other a couple of days ago for our uh, Christmas cook-off that we did. Um, so yeah, it was good good to hear your stories. And I think that's really what uh, this show is about, is hearing stories uh, from regular people. Um, no, but it was great, it was great guys. Um, thank you for doing this um, with little, limited information and just trust in, in me and, and Nick. Oh, you guys did a really good job. I think we both had a good time talking yeah. to you guys. Um, and it's kind of nice in a way to document this yeah. um, for us as well. Yeah. You can use our footage if you want to actually start creating your documentary now. <laughs> we might need you to be our host. as <laughs> <laughs> our consultant. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a great story then. I think it's all about, and it's all about storytelling, you know, Um <laughs> You would be surprised. I, and I kind of got this, not this podcast. I don't even listen. I listen to one or two podcasts on YouTube, but I was talking to, do you remember Carol? Yep, Carol Chan. So I, I talked to her sometimes about, about life work and stuff. And I had her talk to a rover and I got connected them together. Uh, they were mm-hmm. about the same age. And once I put her on the like platform, like there's so much stuff from her that mm-hmm. I never really cared to ask about. Maybe she wasn't willing to share with me um, when we talked one-on-one. But when I was like, hey, Carol, present your story to this person who you've never met before, who has questions about career, about going to Emily Carr, like, they're, like for the art school. And she just had all these like thoughts and things. I thought that was really, that was the best conversation I felt like I had with her, but it wasn't like she was talking to me. She was talking to a third party, which I feel mm-hmm. like this is kind of like, you guys are talking to us. I know some of the things already, but you're also talking to Nick or you're talking to whoever decides to listen to this Um thing we're making um and the insight's a little bit different right like you're 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 a bit more you know you're 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 a bit more open even like you wouldn't like if it was just us talking i don't think we would have like or we don't we haven't had these types of frank conversations with our friends a lot either yeah it's hard when you have a big group zoom chat right yeah (laughs) okay i think that's it uh we're a bit over but thank you guys thank you so much for your time guys yeah. Yeah. And tune in when we start launching these out. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, bye bye. Take care.